Hey everybody, what's up? I'm Paige. And I'm Chris. And this is Animates. Um, and I'm sure you heard the I, absolutely iconic and not at all phoned in theme song just now. And you know that we are talking about Sailor Moon. Slash Pretty Guardian slash Pretty Soldier. There are different names for Sailor Moon. But we all, I, I would have just known her as Sailor Moon. Right. We're, we're yes. very specifically, uh, for those of you who, like myself, have some experience in the Japanese animation area, will uh, <laughs> will probably have seen Sailor Moon at least one time uh, at some point. Uh, and those of you who have seen other anime will know that it, it definitely was a product of its time when it was shown in the United States. And I don't necessarily mean the source material, but it showed in the morning on Fox. Yeah, and just to be really clear to everyone, because there's like there's multiple versions of Sailor Moon, there's multiple translations of Sailor Moon. So we are covering the Deke and Cloverway dubs of Sailor Moon um, seasons. I think we did one and two, so Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon R, and we've done part of season three, Sailor Moon S. Um, so we're that's what the what we're going to be covering. So what you would have seen on like Saturday morning television as a child in the United States is what we're covering. Well, I believe it was on Fox in the morning uh, at first because I remember watching it before going to school. Like going oh wow! To really? School. Yeah. So it was it was in a morning block, which was very weird. It's part of the reason I don't think it did very well. But uh, eventually, Toonami picked it up, and they they aired Sailor Moon. I think all the way up to the third season on Toonami in the afternoons. So I think at that point I'd moved to things like Gundam. And, and Dragon Ball Z and stuff. So I wasn't paying as much attention to Sailor Moon at that point. But sure. I know they went all the way through Sailor Moon Super S. So season four with the with Cloverway. So I don't know if that was also aired on Toonami. But that, that, I know that's how far they went. Um, this dub is typically considered to be the worst. Uh, for a variety <laughs> of reasons. <laughs> uh, some of which we'll talk about today. But... Uh, just bear in mind that back, like, I know that anime had been around for a while, and there had been anime that had been popular in the United States, or at least had come to the United States. You know, we're thinking, like, freaking Speed Racer. Um, yeah, I know, like, Astro Boy in the 60s was distributed in the United States, and Speed Racer in the 70s was distributed in the United States, but I and I know that maybe a couple of Studio Ghibli movies gained like some kind of like cult following in the United States in the eighties, but I don't know really like they definitely like it wasn't something the mainstream would be familiar with. The nineties was big for anime traveling to the United States. A number of Ghibli films or Ghibli films blah uh, were eventually localized and the dubs were very good 
for the mm-hmm. They paid um, the voice actors with real money and not Monopoly money. Yeah, but we're, we're here we're talking about a, a show that aired on at an obscure time slot uh, on not on cable. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the dub quality definitely shows and I think was sort of more typical of its time for you know anime just airing on TV in the US. Um, Pokemon's dub was also not great. Yeah, I also think it's interesting because, um, you know, we can we can get into it a little bit later, but uh, there are some... So the first two seasons were um, distributed by Deke. They, all four seasons that were dubbed in this dub were dubbed by the same company, but they were distributed by two different companies. So the first one was Deke, and the second one was Cloverway. And there's actually a marked shift between seasons two and three when it goes from Deke to Cloverway, because Deke made a ton of edits to it. They were cutting out episodes. They shortened the episodes. They added a weird morality segment to the end, whereas Cloverway aired it unedited. It was still localized, and there was still some censorship to it, but it was significantly less localized it was it it immediately it comes on and you're like oh this looks way more japanese than the last episode i watched from season two because they aired it they aired all of the episodes and they didn't shorten the episodes Uh, so this was a very interesting sort of time capsule of anime for me and just a number of things stick out and it's just sort of amazing how far things have come or changed how much things have changed in the United States anime. I mean, the anime industry in the United States is nothing to shake a stick at. Whereas when this aired, it was still very much in, in its infancy mm-hmm. popularity wise, but Sailor Moon, I think helped to start a lot of that. Right? So oh, absolutely. It came along with Pokemon before Toonami ever existed. Uh, so we, we, even though it was a failure, it very much helped push things along to the point where something like Toonami was viable. Yeah. And, I didn't. I I actually didn't know that it was a commercial failure in the United States. But can I just say to the popularity of Sailor Moon globally? I mentioned, and that's part of why I'm surprised that it was a commercial failure in the United States. I mentioned at work that I was watching Sailor Moon for my podcast. And on my team are a bunch of Americans, a person who lived in Bosnia as a child, and a person who lived in Malaysia as a child. Uh, And by the way, the person who lived in Bosnia as a child is about 31, and the person who lived in Malaysia is 22. And everybody was like, oh, Sailor Moon, and mentioned having having watched it as a kid. I think a lot of what what happened with it in Fox was a, a bad time slot. Uh, they, I don't know if they advertised it very well. Ultimately, when it was moved, I don't think it remained a commercial failure. I just think that initial two season run, they were like, it happened, and then they canceled the show. And uh, then okay. Tsunami picked it up, which should also partially explain why its distributor changed once the rest of the show came to the United States on Tsunami. Yeah, and it would make sense why Toonami, if like if the distributor was in a partnership with 
Cartoon Network for its Toonami block, why they would allow it to seem more Japanese, I think, than Deke was willing to in their partnership with, with, it was probably the four kids block, which is infamous for its anime censorship in general. Yeah, I mean, Toonami had all sorts of shows that were slightly more cultural. Um, Jesus, like fucking, did you ever watch Tenchi Muyo? No. It that was a show where there was just like a ton of Japanese cultural stuff in in the show, and they they just sort of left it in. Very much a, a shift there, and dubbing plus censorship. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about Sailor Moon for those who are unfamiliar. Uh, sure. Known as I hinted earlier here, pretty. Originally sort of conceived as a pretty soldier Sailor Moon, um, but also sort of later pretty guardian Sailor Moon. You can tell that pretty, right, is a big part of, of, of this, um, is a show about, it's a magical girl show. And, and I say that because magical girl is its own genre uh, mm-hmm. of anime. Hopefully, yeah, it's... It also, it's widely considered to have revitalized the magical girl genre in the, uh, in the 90s. And for people who are not weeb trash like us, a magical girl show is typically a shoujo or girls manga anime that involves uh, teenage female protagonists who experience transformation sequences that make them essentially superheroes and they fight against typically evil monsters. Um, And Sailor Moon is now sort of a, it wasn't the first of its kind. There'd been magical girl anime for decades or really more manga for decades, but Sailor Moon really revitalized the genre and is now considered sort of the prototype. Um, In fact, it's so influential that there are, like whole tropes named after Sandler Moon, like the prototypical shoujo protagonist trope is literally based around Usagi, Sailor Moon. We, it, it gets to the point where good, like, uh, I, I don't want to say parody, but shows that really riff and uh, subvert a lot of magical girl tropes now exist and they're stellar. One of them is called Madoka Magica. If you like magical girl anime, you should watch it because it's very depressing. Um, <laughs> Cause there are just like a lot of things that you're just like, wow, these girls sure are young and inexperienced and they sure are kicking ass. That definitely seems realistic. Um, and there's no problems here at all. So it's nice to see shows come along and kind of kick that around. Well, Madoka's been on my list for a while, so I'm glad to know it's depressing. <laughs> yeah, like it really, it's really good, but it's... You know, it's Madoka, Madoka is actually the word that's like in Japanese, you're used to refer to what we call magical girl anime in, in the West. It Madoka means little witch. Everybody should watch that show. No. <laughs> uh... Sailor Moon, like most anime, was originally uh, a manga that had been running for a while before the adaptation came along. Um, Again, it would have been read mostly by women and and, and teenage girls, technically speaking. Um, 
this particular type of, of manga would have been read mostly by women under the age of 20. Under the age yes. of 20. Um, also, in terms of the adaptation, my God, it has an absolutely insane number of episodes for an anime. It's, it's insane. For, for those of you who don't know... An an a season of anime is typically thirteen episodes. There some seasons will have what are called multiple cores. So a core would be thirteen episodes. So sometimes the season will be a two core season, and it'll have twenty six episodes, which means it runs across. They're typically like four quote unquote seasons of anime in any given year. So it will run across two seasons. Each season of Sailor Moon is like four cores. Each season of Sailor Moon ran for like a year. Uh, it was or more than four cores. It's insane. It's an insane number of episodes. Um, I I think I have noticed that anime have become tighter with fewer episodes, and typically speaking, the ones that aren't like that are sh like shonen shows like Naruto, DBZ shows that really stretch out and take forever. So it's like. There are shows like that, which Sailor Moon definitely sort of existed more like that, which is lots of episodes. There's a lot of filler. Um, a lot of filler. We skipped the filler. We used a filler-free guide. It's okay. You should. You, you can do it, too. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it took, like, 120 episodes down to, like, 75 episodes. So uh, <laughs> The manga was uh, originally... Written and illustrated by Nako Takeuchi, and she um, is very interesting because she's a woman in a very male-dominated industry, which mm -hmm. is something that, I mean, that that's true of comics anywhere. It's true in the United States, right? That's true in Western comics. If we were sitting here talking about Marvel or DC, we would say the same thing. Yes. Heavily male-dominated industry, and as such, sort of male-dominated themes very much take take center stage very often. But um, although she wrote the manga, she was not... Or she was the manga artist, I should say. She did not have a huge role in the manga. Like, she wasn't the showrunner. Which, which mm -hmm. is... Um, that is not necessarily uh, atypical... So a bunch of, um, I think the showrunner for the anime did a decent job, but obviously we could talk about how maybe there are some things that are emphasized in the anime that weren't in the manga. Um, you know, things like uh, fan service, stuff like that. Um which is partially why I mentioned the sort of male-dominated thing, because fan service is very much sort of a male gratification thing, mm -hmm. uh, which is, like, a big deal. Like, some anime or manga are entirely based on fan service. Yes. Um, it's always grossed me out. You okay over there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. No, I was just done. I was creating space. Don't worry. We can edit that out. Um, yeah. So, 
fan service. Yes, that's where we were. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, all right, so coming back in in three, two, one. Now, uh, did you have anything uh, um, else to sort of say about production team, staff, uh, any sort of demographic information about Sailor Moon that you think is important for our listeners to know? Not a ton, and that's partially just because there's so much Sailor Moon and there's so many different versions of Sailor Moon that it would be really easy to just get bogged down in, and then this person distributed it, and then there was this voice actor and that voice actor, and then there's that for you know. Um, I think that we could become easily really bogged down in it if we're not careful. Um, I'll just really quickly mention a few of the voice actors and their associated distribution company basically uh so we'll just know going in so serena is the american translation of usagi in the deke dub she had two voice actors it was tracy moore and terry hawks i can't really distinguish them from one another they sound basically the same and then the cloverway dub it's linda ballantyne who sounds like a fucking clown she sounds awful It's terrible. It's so jarring. She sounds just fucking awful. I hate it. It really, whenever she speaks in season three, it takes me out of it. But anyway, in the Deke, Ray, who is Ray just spelled different in (laughs) the American version, in the Deke dub was voiced mostly by Katie Griffin and for a few episodes, they had to rush production, Emily Barlow, but then it went back to Katie Griffin in the Cloverway dub. In uh, Amy, or Ami, she was Ami in the Japanese version, Amy in American in the Deke dub was Karen Bernstein, who made super weird voice acting choices. Like, I want to talk about the weird voice acting choices all on their own in a second. Uh, and in Cloverway, it's Eliza Balkin, who made normal voice acting choices. Um, Makoto... Uh, who becomes Lita, was voiced by Susan Roman in Deke and Cloverway. She did a great job. Love it. Uh, Mina, Minako, or Mina in the American version, was voiced by Stephanie Morgenstein in Deke and Emily Barlow in Cloverway, who also voiced um, Mars in some of the Deeks, so some people have a problem with that. And then Chibiusa, who becomes Rini in the American version, was voiced by Tracy Hoyt in the Deke dub and Stephanie Beard in Cloverway. Um, and then, I don't know, Tuxedo Mask, like, I don't notice anything particularly distinctive about his voice any of the time, so I don't really care about his voice actors. And then Luna was voiced by Jill uh, Frappier or Frappier in uh, both the Deke and Cloverway dubs. So already, one thing that's popped up is a lot of name changes. Whereas mm-hmm. nowadays, the voice actors would just plow through, sometimes poorly... <laughs> the 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 uh, uh, the Japanese name, mm-hmm. and sometimes I wish they would just give them a different name, <laughs> because sometimes people really struggle with pronouncing Japanese names in a in in a smooth, aesthetically pleasing way. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's interesting with the name changes because, like, obviously. So in the Deke dub, they changed everybody's names. Everybody's names got changed. Yeah. And, but then in the Cloverway version of it, 
it's weird because they so they change Michiru and um, Haruka to Michelle and Amara for some reason because Amara is like Amara is not a common American name, so I don't understand why they met, made that choice. But then they left um, Hotaru Hotaru, and they they left her being Hotaru Tomo. <laughs> so like I don't under I don't understand. They started to do they changed Neptune and. Uh, Uranus's names, but they stopped changing other people's names and kind of left them as they were. So I don't understand why they made that choice. Some of it might be the syllables to match the mouth movements, too. It could be. Yeah, that makes um, sense. I think... Um, I, I don't know. That's a total swing. But sometimes... This is really funny to me. This Sometimes mm-hmm. this is this is unintentionally hilarious because... They'll be walking along this very, uh, you know, very clearly Japanese street and they'll run into a person and they'll be like, Josh. (laughs) And you're like, no, (laughs) their name is definitely not Josh. Darian. God, that one kills me. Darian. Darian. But so we're going to, I'm, I'm going to, because my focus while giving it some context sort of like with with the manga stuff and how anime works blah 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 is important uh, we're approaching this very much from a show that kids in the United States would have watched and and yeah. it's sort of effect on things from that lens so I'm gonna use Serena instead of Usagi yeah. even though I know both and very clearly understand that Usagi is quote more correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, well, also probably not a bad name either. No, and I think like I always had like a feeling growing up that like Serena was a name that was in some way associated with like moon goddess shit, and I think I absorbed that ambiently from Sailor Moon because it's not. Serena is not a name that's associated with like moon shit at all. <laughs> like I just, even though I didn't really watch Sailor Moon, I just like absorbed it from that. But like. One last note about the name. Like, I have two more notes about the names. Uh, one has to do with what I was saying about how influential it was. I actually just realized the other day that... So, okay, every, the swimming anime, right? Um, free. Free Iwatomi... Yeah, Free Iwatomi Swim Club. Part of, like, the bit in that show is that all of the boys in the show have really girly names. And I realized <laughs> that... They named two of their two of their girly named boys after Sailor Senshi. Like the main one, Haru, is named Haruka, and then his bestie is named Makoto, <laughs> like who are Sailor Uranus and Sailor Jupiter. And so I was like, wow, that's insane. Like that can't be a coincidence, you know? Like surely not, right? Um, but the other thing about names is, did you notice how? They pronounced all of the, especially in the Deke dub, all of the Negaverse people, they pronounced their names just, like, slightly weird, like, slightly different than they would have been pronounced. Like, Jadeite becomes Jedite, Nephrite becomes Nephlite, Zoocyte becomes Zoicite, um, and, like... And then all of the the Dark Moon family who are, or Negamoon as they're called in this, like, 
their names were, were, were French versions of the stones in, in the Japanese version, and they just changed them to, like, American, like, to English versions. Did you notice that? I did. Em- like, emerald is not... They said emerald instead of, like... It- emerald or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. Diamond instead of di- diamond or however. Diamond or whatever. Fr- French is something I can't. <laughs> very much can't. Um, mm-hmm. so. Yes, I did. I, but, I, I noticed it more with the Black Moon family than I did with yeah. the earlier ones. It was honestly less weird to me than like the slightly off pronunciations <laughs> of the original like Negaverse henchmen. It was very strange to me. And it just like I kept I kept noticing it. And so I wanted to bring it up to see if you also noticed it. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I, I noticed it more in in second season than I did than I did with the first one maybe because I'd seen the first season way more as a kid and it just sort of stopped that's just what it is for me sure for, for good or for bad <laughs> um, <laughs> so the premise of the show just to give people we're saying a bunch of names <laughs> and implying a bunch of relationships if you haven't seen Sailor Moon you either didn't watch anime or have sort of just kind of missed that part of our shared experience. It involves a girl named Serena who she's a normal girl. She wants to be special, very boilerplate magical girl intro. She finds a talking cat uh, named Luna who has conspicuously a big moon on her forehead. (laughs) Which bad guys never seem to notice. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of shit that people... You're just like, why don't they notice the fact that this cat is talking? Why don't they notice the fact that, like, they literally all look exactly the fucking same when they transform? Oh! (laughs) You are Sailor... I'm seeing Sailor Moon's identity. I'm like, dude, (laughs) they're not even fucking wearing masks. They look exactly the same. They look exactly the same. It that is honestly one of one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in a show is the fact that the enemies just never seem to know their identity. Um, or like other people that they see up close all the time. <laughs> oh hey Sailor Moon. Oh <laughs> shit, something we forgot to say about the voice actors is that they throw in because of the localization. They throw in completely inappropriate accents. Yeah, like Serena's um Serena's normie best friend Molly. who makes Molly makes she makes fewer and fewer appearances as the show goes on, but has a Brooklyn accent for like no reason at all. <laughs> and this is something that I don't really know. Like maybe they wanted to add they wanted to showcase the diversity of the United States. Or there was a note <clears throat> in the show production that's like, this person has a very heavy accent from this city. and Yeah, does she have like an Osaka accent in the yeah, Japanese version? Like a lot of like... times, like people from rural, like, what I've seen in, in anime sometimes is that a person from a rural part of Japan will be given like a country accent, um, sure. which does come out in the Japanese, like the original Japanese um, dub, but in the United States, they're like, well, we're going to turn it into like, uh, like, uh, 
Howdy, y'all! Sort of, sort mm. of uh, draw, like, either a southern accent or a western cowboy accent. And Yeah, and I know that, like, Osaka accents are often interpreted as Brooklyn accents in English dubs. Yeah, it's like the New York of Japan! <laughs> yeah, so I'm just kind of wondering, like, I don't know, that's maybe, a... maybe, like, Naru has an Osaka accent or something? I, I don't know, and, and it could very well, because they throw accents completely inappropriately in there, too. <laughs> like, there's no reason <laughs> there's, there's no reason for that accent at all. Okay, so, like, probably what you're referring to is the fact that they give, like, the voice actress for Amy gives her a British accent for, like, no reason at all. It's because she's smart. Yeah, smart people are automatically British. <laughs> Very, just watch it and you just watch the, just listen for the accents. And I, I'm telling you, they make no sense. They just, they don't. And those accents are completely absent in the later dubs. The, the non-deke dubs. Yeah, they just like get rid of the accents. So you can very well tell that it wasn't intended originally. Mm. <laughs> so we've got Serena who meets this cat who gives her a locket. Oh, she can transform into this hero named Sailor Moon. And there's some history and mysterious shit has gone on in the past that we don't know about yet. And Sailor Moon slowly meets um, these other girls that end up being able to turn into Sailor Scouts in the, in the dub here that each represent a planet in the solar system. And... Eventually, you find out there's this secret past with the moon. There used to be a civilization on every planet. <laughs> Including the moon. <laughs> Including the moon, because the moon is its own planet. Unclear um, if just our moon or all moons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. The, the moon was a peaceful place. But this evil force from another dimension called the Megaverse <laughs> fucked everything up. And the, the moon queen... Serenity. Serenity. Wanted to give all of the denizens that she could of the moon and the other planets because there were visiting princesses from these other planets. And spoiler alert... Those princesses, each one is a Sailor Scout, right? So it means that Mars was the princess of Mars. They don't really go into that anymore. They just sort of put that out there and then just leave it. The, uh, <laughs> she... Yeah, like, what about their civilizations? What the fuck's yeah, going on with those? No, we don't know. <laughs> just big gap. So, um, I think it's implied that the Negaverse wiped them out, too. Sort of, I guess. That's the only thing that we can really see happening. The Serenity sends not only these people <clears throat> off the moon, but also forward in time. So that they can have a life free of the Negaverse. And Queen Serenity seals the Negaverse somewhat in this in her final death, but also not death, because she also is a fairy. Um... And these kids basically have been reincarnated. That's that's 
it's never spelled out in the word reincarnation, but they all come out of some person's vagina that is not their actual mom. <laughs> like, they never address this tension at all. Like, Serena has a family. She has a dad. She's a brother. And a brother and a mom who who is her mom, but also Queen Serenity is Serena's mom. And Serena calls her mom. So, okay. They never address that. They're never, they never have an identity crisis. They're like, who am I? Am I really this person's daughter? Or who's my real mom? Like, they never go into that, which is just really weird for me. I would have trouble with that. I, I yeah, would... you think that most people would, wouldn't wouldn't they? Like, is this my real family? Who am I? Where do I belong? But nope. They're, they're just like, oh, fuck, I got two moms. Cool. I'll call them both mom. And, and that's that. And, and Serena clearly bears all the genetic qualities of Queen Serenity <laughs> and not her mother, her, her birth, birth, reincarnation. Yeah, it seems that they, they look, they look like they did in their past life, even though they've been like born again and like through someone else's like eggs and like right, like grown up again to this day, but they still look the way that they did on the moon a thousand years ago, it seems. I don't know. It's very confusing. It's magic, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they all come together and, and they're, they're looking for the moon princess because they don't know it's Serena yet. Um, they're all Even though at, it could not possibly be more yeah, obvious that it was she, Serena. She's a fucking moon on her forehead. Like, whoa. <laughs> what a hard deduction to make. God. <laughs> Um, so anyway, they, they fight the, the forces of the Negaverse who are interested in trying to wipe out the Earth. And they plan to do so by sucking the energy out of very small groups of humans. <laughs> All of you on the planet right now are like a nuclear power plant's worth of energy. Just so you know, Sailor Moon takes a very humans are a big deal approach to energy it's like you have untold vast reserves of energy that could be used to power an alien force civilization i guess dimension. yeah like it, it makes no fucking sense at the end of the day like it's magic but even it's pushing it like it's pushing it for for magic uh anyway so they they invade the earth with the like with individual monsters and the sailor scouts always end up finding them completely by accident. <laughs> it just sounds so absurd when you're laying it all out there for everybody. So they, they happen upon these monsters and beat them usually through very stilted battle sequences where Serena cries and then waves a magic wand, and they die. Well, at first she just throws a tiara. She doesn't get a magic wand for a while. And then she gets progressively bigger magic wands as the show goes on. <laughs> the fucking scepter. <laughs> You're just like, damn. Like, the metaphorically. The fucking, like, heart 
purity chalice scepter that she has by like mid season three. You're like, this is enormous. You could just beat them to death with this. <laughs> um, Where are you keeping this? <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> the tiny question. Sailor Fugu. <laughs> um, so really, Serena transforms to use an item. <laughs> yeah, really, they. That's she it. transforms to use an item. Yeah, because it's like everybody else has some kind of like inherent like power and she's the only one who doesn't she just has like a big wand she's like oh i'm i i am going to transform into this uniform in order to use my family's privileged artifacts (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) that it's just very absurd yeah but all along the way these girls become friends because they were always friends and they fight and they love and romance is a really big part of the show. Like we can kind of talk about how really probably too many people are pushing these girls to be in relationships and what that means for sort of girls autonomy and what they're being told is a good life. Like romance occupies like a weird place in the show compared to what I'm used to for anime. Like the rules of romance that I'm familiar with in anime are like there's romance in shows, but it's like usually understated, even if it's like especially if it's like not like an etchy, basically. And romance usually comes down to like being shy, stuttering, like, blushing, you know, not understanding what each other are saying, like, oblivious comments kind of thing. And it's never, if it's requited, like, it's never requited. If it's requited, it's never stated. And, like, if you kiss, that means one of you is about to die. (laughs) Like, for real. And that's not how romance works in this show. And I don't know if that's just been, like, a change in contemporary anime or if this show's notable or what. Um, the main sort of romance plot is this dude named Tuxedo Mask keeps showing up to save Sailor Moon because she does fuck up a lot. And he usually, he's usually there for literally 15 seconds. <laughs> he, he, he saves he, her by throwing a rose into the ground and being like, your friendship is your greatest asset. And he runs away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. and castanets play when he's around. <laughs> da, da, da. He's got like this whole anthem that plays. <laughs> um, he's simultaneously both like suave Italian, but also like Mexican castanets play. Um, <laughs> so, um, we later find out that Tuxedo Mask is this dude named Darian who's really mean to Serena. Um, because she doesn't, they don't know each other's identities for a while. And he always calls her meatball head because she's got these very round hair buns on the top of her head. Mm-hmm. And he's really, he's, he's very much a dick. And yeah, later sure. we find out that, later, later we find out that he is Prince Darian, who is the prince of the entire planet earth. <laughs> Back a thousand years ago, 
we have documented history of a thousand years ago. <laughs> like, it's not that long ago. <laughs> oh, so Prince Darian is a prince of the earth a thousand years ago, and he falls in love. He's fighting the Negaverse, and he falls in love with uh, Serena. And, you know, they're very much star-crossed lovers pulled apart by fate. And yeah, they've been lovers for a thousand years, so of course, like, they're lovers in this time, too. And it's not at all weird that he's, like, 20 and she's, like, 14. That she's supposed to be a middle school student and he's supposed to be a college student. Like, it's fucking weird. There's a whole episode where, like, but her family hey. meets him and they're all like, he's too old. He's too old. I'm like, yes, he is too old. Tuxedo Mask is canceled. <laughs> but Paige... They loved each other in another life. So that makes it okay. <laughs> They've been in love for a thousand. They're Canceled. a thousand-year-old thousand relationship, Paige. I don't care. <laughs> it's fucking weird. She's 14 and he's like 20. <laughs> um, so there's that. And everybody else is pretty okay with it. Like, none of the other Sailor Scouts care that he's old. It's also, like, it's clearly not just that he, that they've been lovers for a thousand years or whatever, because he also, like, before they realize, he dates Ray, who is also supposed to be 14 years old. So, Darius just creepy. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> now, um, so they fight the Negaverse, and eventually, yada, 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 they win. Like... All the while finding out the power and the love and the, 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 the togetherness and the moon magic. And, <laughs> uh, you know, great. Um, the second season, you know, they lose their memories. They get them back. Serena and Darian break up, which despite the fact that Paige wants Tuxedo Mask to be canceled. It's still sad. Um, it's still really heartbreaking, not because you're thinking about Darian, but because you're thinking about Serena. And they do, like, um, I don't know. I fucking ugly cried. <laughs> they, I don't know. Just watching this fucking person fall apart because they they love the person and they believe it's fate and just watching it being ripped out. And they just she's just like, oh, she fr doesn't freak out. She just sort of, like, very... It's actually the calmest breakdown that she has yeah for sure because she's like a crybaby and um, she like she just like she's just like d quietly devastated and, it, and you're just like fuck <laughs> sad and she's sad about it for like a whole season and then it starts to get kind of upsetting where you're like she keeps being like i do have a boyfriend and you and everyone around her are like no you don't you guys are broken up like this isn't healthy you need to deal with this <laughs> But we later find out that Darian broke up with her, not because he didn't love her, but because he wanted to protect her. Um, classic, classic Edward Cullen move. Classic. Um, <laughs> Edward Cullen is actually a ripoff of Tuxedo Mask. Like, if you're going to do that, you got to fucking commit. You can't live around the person anymore. Yeah, you can't still, like, be around them and, like, talk to them. <laughs> like, like, you can't, you can't come as tuxedo mask and save them yeah you can't like still constantly be like hanging out 
with her little cousin, her pink haired little cousin, who's a brat and also is later revealed to like secretly be your future daughter. Daughter that like, (laughs) (laughs) all right, season two. So (laughs) the first, the first part of the season is filler. Um, which is okay filler there's also some weirdly like pseudo there's like an sexual... alien incest love fest situation oh my God. Um, <laughs> it is incestuous because they're born of the same fucking tree like <laughs> just call it what it is <laughs> just accept it um after they fix this thing called the doom tree with love yes with love um, they also make the incest aliens like understand feelings and stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, the Negaverse is back this time in the form of evil people from the future who are trying to destroy a place called Crystal Tokyo. So apparently in less than 20 years, <laughs> the entirety of Tokyo will take a drastic change under the mystical leadership of Serena and Darian, because well, as we no, all be- know, political structures work like that. It's also revealed, like it's then revealed that like, they're also like much as like they came from a thousand years in the past, they are the queen of crystal Tokyo or whatever, a thousand years in the future. I'm like, so what happens soon to make them all like go a thousand years into the future like what's gonna what's going on here like what kind of crisis happens that they move a thousand years into the future and become the queen of crystal tokyo please explain um maybe i think the the idea is that they're like now they're in a cycle of reincarnation hmm okay i guess like they it's never explained so just you know, go with it. All right, all right. Um, so this girl comes back. Her name is Rini and the version. And she is secretly Serena's daughter, sec- Serena and Darian's daughter. Mm-hmm. Also, I was really irritated by the name Rini because I can't really <laughs> think, possibly think of like a worse name than Rini. Um, and it's spelled R-I-N-I, and because of those two things, it took me a really long time to realize that they were still trying to make her be named, like, Chibiusa. Um, like, Rini is the only thing they could think of to be a diminutive of Serena. So, this girl is, um, very demanding. And, and she's a basi- bitch! Basically, the Sailor Scouts are all fighting these people from the future who are trying to corrupt the past to the, that the future is better because clearly if they change the past, the future that allowed them to come to the past to change the future would still exist, even though it wouldn't. <laughs> Sailor Moon does not have a coherent theory of time travel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and it's really weird because... Um, later, Rini is taken by the evil forces of that season and is aged up and seduces her father. 
they cut out the part where she seduces her own father in the American dub. I know that it happens in the Japanese version, but Deke cuts that out because they've already revealed that she's their daughter at the point when this happens. So I'm glad they cut it out so we can't really speak to that. <laughs> what? No, that part is so awkward. It's great. I don't, like, I watched that episode and I don't know if I was missing it. Like, they cut it out, right? I, I would have to go back and look. Yeah, because it's like, I was like, I knew that that was coming and I was watching the Wicked Lady episodes like very intently and I did not see any seduction of Darian. Um, (laughs) so that happens and eventually they win. Hooray. Yeah. Like they find out, they find out that a lot of the Black Moon people were being manipulated and they... They, they win the day. They save the future and the past, I guess. Yeah, the Black Moon people were being manipulated by some other even more eviler force that was apparently the most powerful force in all the universe that they defeated. Like, it oh. seemed really easy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, done. That's it. No the, more enemies they, in Sailor Moon. We beat the most they powerful. They also... Like time travel, and they meet Sailor Pluto, who is like the guardian of the gates of time, and like she's very cool, and she has like green hair. She's cool. Yeah, you want her to like be able to travel around with the Sailor Scouts, but she can't. No, she can't. But don't worry, there will be more Sailor Pluto in just a moment. <clears throat> and so we we end up In the third season, which was not originally what we set out for ourselves to watch, but, and so I'll, there are really only a couple of things about the third season that I think are important from our sort of analysis perspective, which mm-hmm. is they introduce new Sailor Scouts, and, yes. and, um, Sailor Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, right? Pluto's already been introduced, mm-hmm. but... Something that's great about Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune is that they fucking lesbians. They're lesbians. It gets even gayer. Sailor Moon was already pretty gay. (laughs) I mean, it got a lot gayer. Yeah, they um in in the American version. Famously, famously. Yo, they cousins. They cousins you know, you know in like, love. <laughs> like, dude, I think it's hilarious. I was reading the Wikipedia about this, and they were like, okay, so in the Japanese version, it was like, it was subtextual. It was never explicitly stated, but the voice actresses were told to play them as like a married couple, right? So it's like everybody who was making it like knew that they were supposed to be in a relationship. They were clearly in a relationship, even though they never said like, they're girlfriends. But, and then the Wikipedia said, um, Due to different cultural standards, the relationship was censored in, like, these places. However, America even made it more taboo by portraying them as biological cousins who were in a romantic relationship. <laughs> like, what the so fuck? So Wikipedia is not having it. Wikipedia was like, they're clearly still gay together. Saying they're cousins doesn't make it not gay. So you just made it look like they were gay together cousins. <laughs> <laughs> even if even if you remove the gay, even if you manage to remove the gay part, they're still cousins. Like it's still taboo. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like it's like, but it's like American. They the the dub believed that the American audience would have less of a problem with cousins than they would with fucking lesbians. Yeah, they believed that everyone would be like, "Oh, these cousins who like hold hands all the time and like gaze longingly at each other and are always together and are like really intense about each other, like." That's normal for cousins. <laughs> like, I do that with my cousins all the time. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, very hilarious, very terrible for, for, especially since this show is very, like, I, in a lot of ways, it's it made me gay. Yeah. I think that's my, my working theory is that it, my hypothesis is that this made me gay. And I've talked to some other queer people, especially some trans people who are like, yep. This, I think this played a role in, in, in me becoming who I am today. So, despite Deke's efforts, it did not work. It's still extremely gay. The thing is, like, it always, like, all right, we'll, we'll probably talk about the carriers here in a second, but it's like, for example, uh, Sailor Jupiter, uh, she's extremely hot and cool and also bi. I've decided. <laughs> I've decided that she, she's bi, much yeah, like she I gives decided. That vibe. I feel like every every fall I decide I have a new bi queen headcanon because I had some in gargoyles as well. So well, <laughs> Jupiter's Jupiter, bi. Yeah, Jupiter, she wears like she's I think non non people who don't dig very deep would just say that Jupiter's a tomboy. But mm-hmm. I you could definitely read in some of that stuff. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, she sees directly, she sees directly up uh, Amy's skirt on a couple occasions and like really blushes like hardcore. So there you go. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Now let's, uh, I I suppose it would be good for us to kind of talk about we're we're already, because we've been riffing off of just some of the funny, inconsistent aspects of, of the plot. Um, what do you want to we could talk about characters um, yeah let's talk about let's go through the girls let's talk about them let's say a little bit about who they are and their powers and stuff um uh, serena aka usagi aka crybaby also <laughs> aka sailor moon aka um, princess serenity yeah aka queen neo serenity <laughs> <laughs> she's a lot of She's many names. Many names. <laughs> she is. I don't know. I like. I relate to her in a, in certain ways. Like she's. She doesn't like to work. She likes food. She's emotional. Yeah, except for she's bad at school, and you're like the best at school. She's earnest. Um, not really one for guile. I don't know. She's also like, I don't know. She's like, um, like there, there's an argument to be made that like the story is really about her, like maturing, (laughs) you know, and becoming like a more thoughtful, like, because she's like, she's really selfish actually, um, at the beginning of the show and becomes more, um, like, more and more selfless as time goes on to, like, as she grows to, like, care about, you know, to accept her role as a heroine and, like, leader of the Sailor Scouts and, 
you know, have caring for her fellow Sailor Scouts and for Rini and stuff. And so she matures and becomes a more selfless person. I would say that she has a distinct, on the surface, she has a distinct personality, but a lot of what drives her is like plot. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I feel like as a personality, she's not as well developed. I really don't either. Like, I I don't find her personality to be as interesting as, like, most of the other characters on the show. Yeah. Like, Amy, I don't know. Amy is better in terms of, I think, I if I had to pick a personality that I think actually gets developed, it's Amy. Yeah, Amy's interesting. <clears throat> so Amy's the second Sailor Scout to appear. She's Mercury. Sailor Mercury. She's also uh, she's Ami in the Japanese version. Um, so they kept that one pretty close. Um, and she's like, Nerd. got cool like she's got cool '90s short hair, and she used to like go to the Genius School, and she has like VR glasses and makes she makes bubbles. They later later she makes like water, but it, initially she makes bubbles, and that's her power. <laughs> um, I don't really uh, get what that has to do with Mercury or how bubbles are really uh, useful, but <laughs> you know, there you go. As a kid, I used to think her powers were very impotent, but now I actually she she. She can create fog. She can freeze things. She has a huge tactical advantage. Her fog saves them many times. So her powers are actually very useful. And kid me just didn't understand tactics. All right. All right. And she, um, she at one point, she like decides, she's like, all right, I'm going to go away to Germany to study to be a doctor. Literally right this second, even though I'm 14 years old. And trying and, to save the world. Yeah, and Serena's like, no, but you have brains. What are we going to do without you? And everyone's like, stop being so selfish, Serena. Like, you have to use your own brain and make decisions. Your brain that's really bad, that famously your bad brain. We don't need her, and you can't ask her to stay. That's awful. What is wrong with you? And you're just like, fuck, like, no. Like, like, Serena is is right about this. Like, you're fucking trying to save the Earth right now. Amy needs to put her plans on the back burner and take one for the fucking team. You're a magical girl. Like, you have responsibilities. Like, that's the thing is, like, the trade-off is, like, you don't get to go study abroad in Germany, but you are a space princess. So, you know, there you go. (laughs) Space princess with a computer more powerful than anyone she would probably ever use. Yeah, and it's like, I think we were talking about this the other day, and Chris, you were like, you can't get more abroad than space. (laughs) Exactly! She's from there! (laughs) Um, You're already abroad just by being on Earth. (laughs) It's like, if she has anything to get mad at, it's her fate. That's just the reality of it. It's like, nope, that was your life. Blame Queen... (laughs) Blame Queen (laughs) Serenity. Yeah, there you go. So, but she decides to stay, Avi. Um, you know, she she comes back from the airport. But um, so then there's Sailor Mars, who the third sailor to get introduced. Sailor Mars. Uh, she's Ray in both versions, just spelled differently. 
Um, and she's actually, it's really interesting. She's like the most like hardcore and like angry of all of the Sailor Scouts. And she and Serena butt heads a lot. She's also a Miko, which I think is really interesting. And that's like, they like actually didn't censor that. Like they didn't really censor that in, in the, in the dub. They just didn't really address it or try to explain it at all. Well, you should. You should explain what Amiko is. Yes, I'll explain what Amiko is. Amiko is like a, it's like a Shinto shrine maiden. So that's why when she's in the, um, she's in the puffy white blouse and the, it looks like a long red skirt tied with a bow, but it's actually pants. It's like really baggy pants. Like that's the traditional like Miko outfit. And it's like the closest analog we have to it is like a nun, but it's not a nun at all. Um, and so that's the deal. Like she's always, I don't know if in the Japanese version, it's like her, it's still considered her grandfather. Who's like a priest at the, uh, shrine, but yeah, she, she is at the shrine all the time and lives there and is Amiko. And I think that's really interesting. Um, and even though I'm sure that they didn't have to like explain it in the original version of the Sailor Moon, I wish that they would have like tried to like insert a little bit of something to like explain it a little bit to people in America. So as a side note, this is something that um, we've already kind of touched on deep censorship of certain things and their heavy Americanization of things like over a restaurant one time they put pizza, uh, pizza hot dog. Oh, it's a pizza coffee, but I kind of <laughs> think that that was in the Japanese version. Oh, already. Like, okay. I honestly think that it said pizza coffee already because it's like, you know, in um, in anime, it's like classic all the time. There's just like English words or things that are shaped like English words, you know, that like don't actually make any sense. Like, I don't think that was censorship. OK, so I take yeah. it back. But there are other ways. <laughs> and nowadays, what what a lot of times what you'll see and th- this is true of especially fan subs, but people will say a word that doesn't translate or like a cultural thing that like a pun or a practice that's very foreign to Western audiences. And they'll, Mm -hmm. they'll put a little explanation on the screen instead of changing it to something that fits. They definitely didn't do that back, (laughs) back then. No. No, there's a anime dub trope, all Japanese snacks are donuts. <laughs> <laughs> she's eating clearly steamed pork buns, and she's like, I love donuts. Yeah. God, that's, I love that. But she, um, she's very aggressive and likes to fight, and which fits, you know, fire. Ooh, you know, fiery personality. Yeah, and, like, Mars is the god of war and everything, so it totally makes sense for Mars, right? Uh, next um, to be introduced is, is Leda. Sailor Jupiter, who, as I said already, is extremely cool and hot and bi. <laughs> we finally she... get a person who's like Serena and that they don't like school. 
Yeah, she's, like, not super into school. Uh, she also likes video games, like Serena. And she's just, like, she's tall. She's mostly legs. Uh, and she has, like, a cool, like, curly ponytail. And of all of the 90s fashion in the show, I think hers is, like, the coolest. It's, like, extremely soft butch. Like, extremely soft butch, you know? Like, barely butch, right? Um, and... She has, like, thunder powers and a really cool, like, her voice actor, I think, is the best in the dub. She has this really cool gravelly voice that really makes her, um, like, unique and distinguished from all of the other characters. And she's uh, she has, like, a cool pink and green Sailor Fuku, and she's the best, and I love her, and I want to be her. <laughs> um, last, we have Sailor Venus. Uh, Sailor Venus comes in pretty late in the first season, relatively speaking, and Mm -hmm. she fires a laser out of her finger, and I don't have that much to say about her. She does not have, like, a huge, like, I don't think her personality is really that defined either. It really seems like her and Usagi's personality was being blonde. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, like, she gets more interesting as time goes on, um, and apparently, like, if you, like, watch all of it, like, including the filler, that there's a lot more stuff about her personality, um, her, she eventually, her power becomes to shoot, like, a love chain, like, a chain of hearts, um, which is interesting, um, and also, something that I wanted them to go into is that, like, the whole, before Sailor Moon became Sailor Moon, there was this, like, Sailor V running around town doing stuff, right? And they kept mentioning there's, like, a Sailor V video game, and they kept mentioning Sailor V, and then just, like, all of a sudden, Sailor Venus shows up, she's, like, clearly with Sailor V, and she's like, hey, I'm here, I'm Sailor Venus, I also have my own cat guardian, and it's like, could you please go into what's been going on here? Like, why you were found separately by a different cat? Like, what you've been doing? Why it took so long to find you? There's, like, an interesting backstory here. Can you please share? But they don't. So, like, she was the I would only, have appreciated that. She was the only person smart enough to wear a mask. Right? Yeah. Um, I just, she stops wearing a mask. They influence her poorly to not wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Bad change. Bad yeah. superhero Bad technique. Job. Though she does have a fucking fantastic episode in season three where it's like part of the plot of season three is that like the villains, they're heart snatchers and they're trying to steal like people's pure heart crystals. Right. And every single one of the sailors and she is a target at some point for it and tries to get their heart stolen. I haven't watched all of those episodes because some of them are filler, but like (laughs) Mina is upset because she's the only one who hasn't been targeted to try to get her heart stolen. So she spends the whole episode trying to do things to prove that she has a pure heart and get her heart snatched. And everyone's like, you're being fucking stupid. Stop doing this. She's yeah. like, no, I can't. I have to have a pure heart. It's like a really, like a really weird corollary is like a couple of people walking down a street and getting cat called. And one of the mm-hmm. people like being weirdly upset that they didn't get catcalled. Yeah, basically. It is like that. Like you're just like, no, that's fucking gross. Like, good that you're not getting catcalled. But it's like you weirdly feel left out of this shared bad experience. Yeah, exactly. And of course, like, she does like yeah. they do try and steal her hard crystal, so you know, there you go. There right? you go. Um <clears throat> so okay. 
then we let's do Sailor Pluto next because I guess she is technically next to get revealed. And what like her name? It turns out they make like she's like very different because she's like never been like reincarnated or not knowing who she is or anything. Like she always is just like the same person. And so I think her name's like Trista May or something like that. Um, and she is like, she's very aloof. Like she's very together. It's very, it's very much like, um, her, Heimdall, her, like Bifrost kind of situation. She's like, I can see all of time, you know? Yeah. I, her personality is mysterious time magic princess in a different realm. Yeah. Um, like that, her personality is aloof guardian of some mystical thing. Cause that happens a lot with characters like that where they Mm -hmm. they just sort of default to being aloof mysterious um, which like makes sense because pluto it's like obviously like the the girls personalities really are for a lot of them like related in some way to like the roman god associated with that planet and like pluto is hades like you know like he's the god of the underworld so it makes sense that she's sort of like different and aloof um Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune. Do they, Wait, what are what are Pluto's like? What are her powers? She has like the cool like long staff, but like what are, when she doesn't attack, what does it do again? Um, doesn't she fire like a big ball of energy? I'm trying um, to remember. Like, yeah, she's like got a bunch all of three time of them. stuff that she can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. She doesn't really get involved that much directly. With the scouts. She doesn't. Yeah. Even with the like outer planet scouts, which we're about to address. Um, so, okay. Uh, Sailor Uranus and Neptune show up simultaneously and they're lesbians. Uh, it is great. Um, so Sailor, Sailor Uranus is Amara and, or Haruka, and she is, a true soft butch queen. And in fact, she's dressed like a boy when they first meet her and they all think that she's a boy. Um, and what a bone. <laughs> yeah. We get a, we get a nice, uh, slight butch lipstick divide here. Do you, do you think that fits? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. It's like, because like Amaro's like, you know, she's soft butch, but then, uh, I would say that, um, Michelle is definitely femme. Um, she's like she's not like she's not like high femme, but she's definitely femme. Yeah, so it, it it's not exaggerated. No, yeah. no, not at all. Um, yeah. Um, so Sailor Uranus is like she's like she's like got like white blonde hair and it's like short and it's it's fun. Um, it's funny because they all get like more feminine with their transformation and as part of like. As part of the their transformation, they get like lipstick, <laughs> which is like different. But so she and she's like also she's like she's extremely cool. Like it's like painful how like fucking cool she is, <laughs> you know. But she's also like sad and like wants to run. She literally runs track because she wanted to run away from her problems. <laughs> I know what what a what a very brute force metaphor. She should have known that you can't outrun your problems. <laughs> um, but, and her power is, like, basically it's Earth-related power. Um, and then, like, her girlfriend is Michelle or Mishiru. And she's Sailor Neptune. 
and she has like really cool like wavy seafoam hair and like she's like super gentle and like understanding and sweet and kind and um her power is water related um and they're both like really good at making speeches when they show up to <laughs> to like beat the shit out of people and stuff they're both extremely cool um the show is sending the message that like lesbians are way cooler than you <laughs> And it also turns out that um, the three of them together with Pluto are like the outer planet Sailor Scouts. And they're like way more powerful than the inner planet Sailor Scouts and are also from the future instead of being from the past. Yeah, because they didn't, they didn't, they weren't on the moon when the Negaforce attacked or Negaverse attacked and, you know, they got sent forward and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see here. Next is Mini Moon. You take it. <laughs> okay. Um, it turns out Rini comes back from the future again, and she's Sailor Mini Moon, and she's a Sailor Scout, but small. And that's pretty much it. She gets a transformation, one, um, and it's cute and um, not at all sexualized, which I thought was really great, because the transformations are usually kind of sexy, even though they're supposed to be 14-year-old girls. And I was really concerned that uh, the mini moon transformation would also be sexy, but it wasn't. She just did the classic Sailor Moon pose and like it kind of flashed and then she was in her sailor outfit and it was fine. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of felt like people got attached to her as a character. So she was brought back. Yeah, it kind of did. It's like there's really no purpose to mini moon being around. So there 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 is that. Now, as far as uh, other aspects of the show, you know, we have talked for a while now. Mm-hmm. We are approaching an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Really quick, though, like, I don't, like, I am, like, just getting to the point where she's about to, like, be introduced, but, like, do you want to, do you remember, like, Sailor Saturn? Do you want to talk about her? Like, I don't want, like, people to feel like we left out a Sailor Scout. Um, I, she doesn't really, at that point, I wasn't watching Sailor Moon as much anymore. Okay. So she, she doesn't have a particularly strong imprint in my mind. I mean, I can, you know, read about her and obviously communicate aspects of her personality like that, but I don't have a very strong uh, association built into my, to my noggin. And sure. in all honesty, I would really like to get a chance to talk about, we, we, we've mostly touched characters and plot. We haven't really talked much about other things aside from like anime industry and censorship and a couple of things like that. But I would like, I don't know. I would like to say a couple things about, Messages communicated by the show, things that, you know, stick out, maybe differences that could be made apparent between Japanese culture and Western culture, but we we're pushing up the time here. So should we, should we do an episode two? Yeah, I'm down. I think that that would be probably a little bit of a... I can't guarantee that. But I think that we definitely have, there's more censorship material to talk about. 
Um, there's more to talk about, like messages and stuff uh, in there. And I think that there's plenty to talk about with another episode for sure. Then I think our dear listeners all out there in wherever places you are, we will have to come back and talk about Sailor Moon Part 2, Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> specifically tackling themes. Um, you know, if any psychology pops up or economics pops up, it'll be in the next episode. So, mm-hmm. I think I will leave all of you out there speaking in my NPR voice. <laughs> Good night. Um, Good night. <laughs> so, as usual, um, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It will help other people find the show. If you want to reach us, we can be reached um, on Twitter at Animates, on Facebook, Animates Podcast, and you can email us, animates at gmail.com with the numeral eight instead of the letters. Um, but until next time, I've been Paige. And I've been Chris. And this has been Animates.